0: Researchers at Wayne State University have created a non-invasive way to detect genetic disorders in utero via a simple pap test. We're joined now by the study's co-author and associate professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Wayne State University. Uh, his name is Dr. Sasha Drulo. Uh, doctor, what are the current methods of looking for genetic disorders?
1: So there are different ways currently we look for genetic disorders. One is called a pre-implantation diagnosis, which applies mostly to um, in vitro fertilization. That means for couples who have hard time to do conceive, um, the egg gets uh, fertilized in vitro in a petri dish, and then as the embryo grows, we take a little piece of that, and we can look at the DNA of the fetus before we actually implant that in the into the womb. A second way of doing this, which you probably most familiar with, is like amniocentesis. That is a way where we take a little bit of amniotic fluid with a needle we aspirate that with a little bit of risk as well um, as the fetus grows and um, that happens around like 11 weeks of a little bit 11 weeks plus uh, of pregnancy the next step is to do um, what is called chorionic villa samples. The chorion is a piece of the placenta, and the idea is the cell is the same. We use a little needle, and then we take a biopsy um, of um, the placenta itself, and then we can analyze it for genetic disorders. So, the last two um, aspects uh, we call them invasive because they have a certain risk to, um, to the fetus to, uh, that it. Might be lost during the process and the risk is relatively low between 1 and 0.1 percent
0: in in all of these methods you're extracting cells to look at the dna of the fetus is that correct
1: correct so like um the idea is sim is the same basically every cell in the human body when it comes from is originates from the fetus should carry same the same information that is nearly always true there are certain aspects what we call like mosaicism why there might be, um, in a different organ or such as a plant center, a little bit changes. But in general, like for genetic disorders, that is true, yes.
0: So you and the other researchers at Wayne State University have come up with this method of uh, finding genetic disorders via a simple pap test. Most of the time, women will get a pap test in their early pregnancy. What are we normally looking for in that early pap test?
1: In the pap test, we normally look at, um, you know, like a viral infection that might cause cancer later on. And um, we adopted, actually, my colleague, uh, Dr. Randy Ahmad, adopted the technology to actually look for fetal cells. So the, f- the presence of fetal cells in the, in the womb is known for many years, but um, we had uh, tremendous difficulties to um, purify the fetal cells out of the vast majority of maternal cells present in the, in the sample. So he spearheaded the technology to get the cells, But the second problem was how to get the DNA out of the cells in a way that maternal DNA would not um, falsify or contaminate the results. This is what we're presenting in this current study.
0: Why would that be better than the current methods of detection?
1: So just to uh, be fully uh, inclusive, there is another non-invasive method by, uh, which we call cell free fetal DNA. So we can do like in the early first trimester or to the end of the first trimester uh, or the early second trimester, we can take a little bit of blood and then we can look for fetal DNA that was released by the placenta into the maternal circulation. The problem is that the DNA is highly fragmented, and that limits basically the um, analyzer option using this approach. And if you talk to doctors, it can only be used as a screening, but not as a diagnostic tool. So
0: you might miss something is what you're saying. Correct.
1: Exactly. You will not get the depth uh, of analyzers. So our technology closes a very important gap, and that is that we can look at, single nucleotide changes, very minimal changes in the DNA, which could not be detected with any other non-invasive methods. So this is really a game changer in the technology, as you pointed out earlier correctly, because now it enables us uh, for two things. Number one is um, we are able to look at genetic abnormalities. But on top of this, which we've shown earlier before, these cells are as well informative for pregnancy progress. Because I didn't tell you earlier, these cells originally very likely from the placenta, and the placenta can cause in certain diseases problems, and they retain a little bit of the information about the placental health, which we can correlate with pregnancy outcome. So we have actually a double um, opportunity here to look for what happens in pregnancy, but as well, what is the genetic status of the of the pregnancy? And I think this will be very important for personalized medicine and give mothers a piece of and and, and of course the fathers too um, a peace of mind about like how the pregnancy progresses.
0: Will this allow you to know what you're dealing with if there's a genetic disorder? And is there any way to treat it while the baby yes. is in utero?
1: Absolutely, there are certain metabolic disorders which um, actually can uh, can be rescued by, for example, giving steroids. But this might be only helpful if we have a fetal boy. So, with certain genetic information, we can deal uh, with a disease or uh, uh, the genetic the metabolic circumstance differently. So, it helps really the clinicians as well to inform very early um, what is going on in the pregnancy. And if you think in the future, once we develop other treatments, we now have the means to diagnose them early, and then we'll be able to treat earlier as well.
0: How long until this is a standard procedure, do you think?
1: Well, I get this question actually very often, and I think it really comes down to um, grant funding, is what I'm saying, because what we have to do now is we have to run big multi-center clinical studies to show basically that our that our um, technology can compete or outcompete existing gold standard technologies. So, and this is what we really want to do. I think if we would have the funding, we could probably be on the market in less than five years.
0: Do you think, uh, do you foresee this being cheaper because a PAP test is, uh, you know, it's very routine?
1: Yeah, I mean like the simplicity of the essay is basically the beauty of it. So we are actually developing, like we have a small company, we are developing essays now around this topic to Actually, um, bring the technology further very fast. So it's like it's 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 perfect because um, from a procedure perspective, the women, uh, pregnant woman, comes around like 10 to 11 weeks when they know that they are pregnant to their first OB visit. You get an ultrasound, and a pap smear is often done or can be done routinely at the same time, and you know, like, there you can actually start monitoring actively high-risk but as well low-risk patients. You know, if the pap smear is negative, it gives, a, gives you, as a mother or as a, uh, if you're a pregnant woman, the peace of mind that everything is going well. And we all know that the psych, psychological stress of a sure. pregnancy can be immense, and if we can provide um, some um, support to that, I think that is very, very important.
0: Well, I really appreciate you being uh, with us on the show, and I wish you the best of luck with your continued research and getting this through to uh, a place where, you know, it is common practice.
1: Thank you very much for having us and for getting the word out for us.
0: You're very welcome.